In the 1950s and 1960s, capital-intensive farms yielded more food per hectare and per worker than ever before, thanks to agriculture based on industrial principles. Today, U.S. consumers pay lower real prices for their food as a result. Yet the success of capitalist agriculture comes at a cost. The world faces an ecological crisis. The farmers of North Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, and a number of other states, where the land lends itself to animal grazing, have replaced two million acres of native grasses with corn and soy since the price of these crops doubled in real terms from 2006 to 2011. Grasslands have been converted to farming at rates comparable to deforestation in Brazil, Malaysia, and Indonesia. This trend owes much to the crop insurance provided by the governments. Thanks to subsidies, growers purchase package deals of seeds, fertilizers, and pesticides sold by Monsanto, DuPont, BASF, Bayer, and other corporations. They then grow corn, soybeans, wheat, cotton, canola, rice, alfalfa, and sugar beets. This industrial farming deprives the land of its natural capacity to stimulate plant growth and sequester carbon, while the nitrous oxide emitted in the production and use of the fertilizers and pesticides contributes to climate disruption. Climate change from carbon emissions, in turn, causes water loss through evapotranspiration and the depletion of soil moisture, poor vernalization for some temperate cereal crops, and in some climate change scenarios, decreases in precipitation. Heat accelerates the growing process and leaves less time for grains to develop. According to the most reliable estimates, which account for the offsetting fertilization of plants caused by the carbon in the atmosphere, climate change will diminish global farm output 3% over the course of this century. In industrial countries on aggregate, output will rise 7.7% as regions such as Alaska and Scandinavia become better suited to farming, but output will fall 7% in Asia, 9% in the Middle East, and 13% in Latin America. India stands to lose 30% of its farm output. Excluding Egypt, a country with an abnormal capacity for irrigation, agricultural output will fall 18.9% in Africa. These regions, moreover, have less capacity to adapt to the consequences of temperature increases and proportionately more of their GDP in farming. If farmers switched some of their cornland to pasture, they would no longer contribute to a cycle of carbon emission. Herds of grazing animals deposit dung and urine on grasses. The herds trample them so that they degrade biologically, develop vegetation, and restore soil. Vegetation and soil absorb and hold seasonal rains. The land would then store carbon and break down methane sufficient to reduce much of the annual greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture. This reform would also make available higher-quality grass-fed beef. States must promote the rescue, reproduction, and distribution of native varieties of seeds that farmers have bred over millennia. If seeds become the intellectual property of a handful of corporations, as is currently the trend, not only do the variety and quality of food diminish, but humans also run the risk of seeing the seeds reach their biological limits, no longer able to resist the weeds and pests that mutate and evolve against them. The monopolization of the seed market leaves farmers no choice but to compound the present course toward monocultures, increased energy and chemical inputs, soil sterilization, carbon emissions, and global warming. Agriculture in the United States uses 80 times more energy per kilo of rice than do traditional farms in the Philippines. U.S. farmers use 33 times more energy per kilo of corn than do traditional farms in Mexico. 
Organic approaches to producing corn and beans in the United States use 30% less fossil fuel, conserve more water in the soil, induce less erosion, and conserve more biological resources than does industrial farming.